After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. Hey everyone, uh, it's Raghu and I, I'm doing a little bit of an intro this week to the podcast, which I don't normally do these days. Uh, it's with Pete Holmes, a good friend, and at one time, over this year actually, I have done various podcasts, but more chats, uh, although I knew that they probably would see the light of day as a, as a podcast, but around Ramdas's passing and what it meant to different people. And uh, I did this one with Pete, and I just came upon it when I was looking for something else, as usually the case. And since it's only a couple of months before, you know, we're in mid-October in, in terms of uh, he left December 22nd, um, and by the way, we're going to have a really great event on that day. We're going to show this amazing film, Evolution of a Yogi, that was done when he was living at his father's rant, uh, farm in New Hampshire, where a bunch of us met him and went from there on to India when he left uh, in 1970 in the late summer, fall, to go back to India. So we have that. We're going to have beautiful footage, putting something together from his time in Maui over the last 15 years. Uh, and then there's a great, uh, this is kind of a co-produ... I'm spieling this whole thing. I never intended to, but I am. Uh, there's a, a, a wonderful movie that um, a friend of ours in India, Japna, put together of Neem Karoli Baba with all kinds of interviews and footage. And uh, it's really sweet. So uh, that's going to happen. So it's going to be a series of, of, of films that we're going to do on that day because Ramdas left on the 22nd of December. Maharaji's emergence, they call it in India, which is done by the moon cycle, is December 22nd. So happened on this first anniversary to be the same, which is weird. Uh, so I have been thinking about Ramdas because it gets closer and, and this... Uh, chat I had with Pete, uh, it was so beautiful. His relationship, the way he met Ramdas, uh, the teachings that he got, the friendship that he engendered with Ramdas uh, over the years was, was quite lovely. Lovely to hear and watch. Actually, we did a, a video of it. And uh, so I'm pretty happy to present that for this uh, mind-rolling podcast. But I do want to give it the uh, um, the characterization of the fact that this was specifically about um, Pete's relationship with uh, Ramdas. 
So I, uh, I hope you enjoy it. I did mention that December 22nd, even though it's a couple of months away, more than, uh, and it's, um, boy, oh boy, what an event and what's since just happened since he, I'm so glad he left. I mean, he, of course, it would have been just beyond, uh, stress in terms of the shape that he was in to think that, uh, this COVID, uh, which is uh, we're all dealing with, uh, that would have been a toughie. Not to mention the the uh, political stuff. Not to mention the racial justice stuff. I mean, it, it has been something else, as uh, as I say. And um, I guess we're just all doing the best we can. We're here at Love Server Member Foundation. My other hat. Uh, as director, uh, just trying to to get, I mean, the stuff that we're finding of Ramdas is extraordinarily uh, spot on for now, even though he might have talked about some of this stuff uh, 20, 30 years ago. So uh, everyone uh, keep, uh, as the British would, a stiff upper lip here and uh, let's have some wise hope. Uh, which it was the name of this retreat that we did, a virtual retreat at the end of August. If you, oh, and if those of you who hadn't perhaps seen it or participated in it, it is going, we are going to run it again because it had such great information and concert with uh, Krishnadas and Trevor Hall and amazing, amazing people involved from Roshi Halifax to Sharon Salisbury to Bob Thurman to Annie Lamott, uh, Valerie Carr. I mean, it was, uh, it was an event, for sure. Nina Rao did Chalices. Just fabulous. There you go. So here it is. This is uh, a Pete and his whole relationship with Ramdas on Mind Rolling on the Be Here Now Network. So I, um, well, I do want to uh, get from you. A bunch of stuff just about Ramdas, your personal thing with him, so we can include it in this book. But um, yeah, well, I'm honored. I I, uh, I did a podcast, and you know, I introduced these podcasts, and um, I always remember you going, "Yeah, yeah, no, I've heard it. Nah, I've heard that one. Nah, nah, there's nothing new. You know, I'm yeah. finding I got to know more than you. I think in terms of I've heard more because I've been around longer, right? You have I'm to. I'm still have. like. Yeah. You know, I'm so, so happy to hear you're still uncovering stuff you haven't heard. Yeah. I don't know if you, there's a great podcast. The, uh, did it just go up? It's the last podcast that with Ramdas. It's called Science and Spirituality. Okay. He was interviewed by a man named Amit Goswami, who was a physicist. And uh, it was just spectacular. Nothing you've ever heard before. Cut me really? From yeah. You I would love dig that. It. Yeah, you would dig. I either. do dig that as a as a show business person. Um, so I don't want to sound like I'm uh, putting down what Ramdas did. I actually just think I appreciate it in a, in a different way. Is that we have bits? Comedians have bits. If you interview me about comedy, there's going to be certain things. If you interview me about any topic that I talk about a lot, I'm going to have certain things, certain routines that I roll into, and I identify those. Uh, when I listen to RD and when he starts 
improvising or or going into something that he's never said before it's a real thrill for me i get really really excited mm. or when he repeats it and you see how he changes it a little bit i yeah. I, I see him do that a lot yeah yeah uh, which makes yeah. me really he'll, he'll make a story faster he'll make a story slightly different it's a living breathing thing his message yeah. was dependent on who was listening just like the way that the the bible changes depending on who the audience is the the storyteller would change a detail uh to sort of hook them and and get them get their juices flowing yeah it's also what um whatever mood he might have been in that moment sometimes he's very deep and wow you know or very stoned or yeah a little bit more um harvard professorial or you know he's got he's got a lot of different it's uh, so funny. That, it's funny that you mentioned the weed thing because when I saw him last, we talked a little bit about weed, and oh, he yeah? mentioned some joke about like a certain uh, like someone would give him a joint and he'd say that's lecture strength, like meaning it was <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. It was good enough to lecture yeah. on. And when I think <laughs> that he would lecture while stoned i'm just blown away one i can understand the benefit maybe it would help him get out of his own way and let maharaji sort of flow through um but the stuff his recall and his ability to read and his ability to listen to questions and stuff i'm like that is not how i am when i'm stoned i can't stop <laughs> singing and dancing and laughing at myself and i go on weird tangents he was very very focused but if you if you listen carefully as i do whenever he talks about weed he seemed to, when he was a younger man, have a conflicted relationship with it because he would say, oh, it makes food so good. It makes music so good. It makes life so good. But then the next day I sit down to meditate and, the, and my frontal lobes are fried. And I'm like, that's so interesting. I say this not to point a finger at RD at all, but to, I see myself in that. I'm one of these guys that when I'm stoned, I'm like, this is the greatest thing in the world. And then the next day, I can't quite find the words I'm looking for. And I think he might have been, I could be projecting, but he might have had that same sort of like, which is it? Do we want to feel good all the time or do we want to really have like a diamond precision understanding of complex ideas? I think he danced between the two of those from what Mm. I can tell. And that's uh, the beauty I tell people uh, who I'm talking to these days, you know, when they're recollecting him and so on, and I say, the, the, not the greatest, but certainly one of the greatest things was hearing him being so honest about everything. And my first reaction was, oh, God, it's okay. I'm not going to yeah. be killed by God right now. I'm okay. Right. You know, that kind That's- of thing. That's what made him such a remedy for me was I came from a tradition that, of course, any tradition filled with humans, we're going to have the same basic issues, the same basic doubts and fears and shames. And to have a spiritual person uh, who spoke of, of them so honestly and without you know, one of my favorite Ram Dass things that he's ever said is he's like, everything is all lawful until it comes to you. Like I can look at the world, I can even look at the pandemic that we're in, and I'm like, I can see how this hopefully will lean the the consciousness of the earth in a positive arc, you know? I can see that. I can see it in my family. I can see it in my enemies. I can go like, oh, they're just doing, like Ram Dass is thing about trees, they're just doing what they need to do to survive, to get love. They might have gone inward, and then that 
became a narcissist later, but like it was a defense mechanism and I understand and I can love that. But then as soon as it's me, I'm like, you piece of shit. And he, <laughs> he called that out. He was like, Oh, it's all, it's all one except you. It's like you, it's like you're the only player, like get yeah. over yourself. Like- you are also unfolding lawfully yeah it's like the uh, frank zappa song i don't know if you know it can't happen here that's hilarious i don't know it but it feels Mm. right (laughs) oh you know you're talking about uh ramdas getting stoned sometimes in lectures one time uh i was in a car we were in it was in boston and it was me and ramesh wadas and him krishnas had already gone there and so he just we're on the way. I mean, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes to get there. He pulls out like a big fat doobie. Okay. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm a hippie forever, right? This is like, uh, we had, uh, had we, yeah, we had just been back from India. It's like 74, maybe something like that. Yeah. And I, I can handle nothing. This is nothing. I've been doing this. I don't know what this shit was, but the three of us got, way out there and then we go on stage i'm playing drums for krishnadas and i'm thinking how in the world are you going to talk now this is not possible right i can't put one foot in front of the other and generally that didn't happen i'm you know i'm a i'm a a good stoner that way i mean i was able to like i ran a radio station you know that way so He's on and it's just flowing like you've never heard anything flow. Meanwhile, <laughs> I'm playing drums. So, you know, we, it goes back and forth. Krishna is singing, I'm playing drums. And then at one point, Krishnas looks at me and he goes like that. And I look down. Blood is everywhere. My, my uh, wedding ring had crunched into my finger oh, and wow. i was so wasted that i didn't know it was happening oh my god and blood everywhere and i'm smacking the drum ramdas is talking i'll never forget that oh so my good. god <laughs> that is a good one yeah i i sometimes wonder you know rd tells stories about taking ungodly or i don't know very deeply godly ungodly amounts amounts of lsd and going Mm. into the gulf of mexico at midnight and getting stung by jellyfish and or or taking pills and he doesn't even know what they are like he really had like a it's my consciousness i'll do with it what i want attitude and um i sometimes wonder like i don't think i could have kept up with that like later (laughs) ramdas is such a better Ramdas for me. I, I'm not very adventurous when it comes to those types of things, um, but I, I, I like the, I like where it took him. I think about those times when he was a younger man and really going wild. There's a lot of courage involved there, uh, and yeah. what uh, I talked to Suri, Lama Suridas the other way, exuberance. He had a lot of exuberance. Yeah, that's a I good mean, way. To put he it. went into yeah, he would go into a room for a week with as much psychedelics as you could possibly imagine and they would that say well let's see what happens we just yeah keep who would do that you know who would get well, in a plane and fly alone on acid yeah that's you know? insane that's so so there, there is there is something <laughs> yeah there, there's a pioneerish spirit somehow there i'm not quite but sure. i mean isn't it's funny sometimes when i'm taking um psychedelics i'll say to myself 
you're afraid to do this, but you'll one day have to jump off the high dive of death, right? Like, how little do you trust God, the universe, yourself, that you can't even do like a, a six or eight hour alteration of reality when we all have to do the cannonball into the abyss. <laughs> so Ramdas's courage, one of my favorite stories that uh, I was actually in Maui doing a, a corporate show. So hmm. it was sort of like a bad scene if I was, was going to use the, the 60s language. It was a weird trip, man, because it was like one of those shows where you're, you're very friendly, very positive. I was happy to do it. But like, it's a bit surreal. You're performing for people that you don't really understand. It's some sort of sales conference. And it doesn't, yeah. let's just put it this way. It doesn't feel very earthy. It doesn't feel very spiritual. It's very like, and now for the top salespeople, some guy you don't know. And I come out, it's, it's very like, you sort of feel like a, a little bit of a, a, a prostitute-y feel. Like you come out and yeah. do yeah. something and it was just weird. So I got to, uh, the show was actually fine, but I, I got to visit Ramdas. I, I texted Dasima and I said, can I, I'm in Maui. I mean, when does that happen? I'm on Maui. Is it possible to just come by? And she said, yeah, come by. And um, we had just maybe an hour or two together, but uh, I was sitting on the couch in the living room and they, they, he uh, was presented, rolled out, and he sat there, and it was really, really cool. I didn't write about this in my book. He, he was um, silhouetted by the sun, like the sun was behind his head. It was a setting sun. So he was just all black. I couldn't even really see him. And we didn't do anything. He didn't really, he didn't say anything other than, I think, just this. He was like, just this, just this, mm -hmm. just this. And man, that feeling that he was the conduit of that, that Maharaji ooey gooey goodness. I mean, I don't mean to put it in such crude, basic terms, but like he was like, okay, it's one visit. I'm just going to go there. Like the, the private retreats, we'd go to that ooey gooey place on the third day. This was like, we only have a couple hours. Let's just go there together and, and now. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. You have an hour? He, g he gave me the special. He was like, here's the special. <laughs> and after uh, like we that. just had this incredible, and other people were there. It wasn't mm. private or anything. But I just, I just felt like I'm wearing like a snowsuit filled with warm love. And not because of something he said, just because of a presence that we were sharing. At one moment, I remember looking at his eyes and, and his his uh, pupils looked like dinner plates. It was like some, it was like a really crazy, again, I couldn't see him very well, but I got a glimpse of his eyes and they looked almost like mm. otherworldly. And then Dossie comes over and we're out of time. And, um, you know, then you sort of, you have that weird sensation of going back to normal talking. You just kind of jumped into the pool of love unexpectedly, which is even crazier and, and more special and then you go back to like well thank you so much for having me and then Dossie goes um yeah we almost lost him a week ago which mm -hmm. I had heard about there had been like a health scare and then I said uh, um that's scary and she said yeah we were all scared we were all scared and so Ramdas who was very sort of meek that day physically um I didn't even know he was listening to us but he tugged on Dossie's shirt the bottom of her shirt 
and insisted that she look at him. And he looked, uh, she looked at him and he goes, not me, uh, not me. I, like, I wasn't scared. She was like, we were all scared. And he goes, not me, not me. So that is that cannonball into the abyss. The guy that's like, where could I go that God and Maharaji and awareness is not? Like that's, I, I believe it's in the Psalms. It's, I make my bed in the depths and you're there. I go to the heavens and you're there. One of the things that Ramdas helped me realize is that like, if you're experiencing it, God is there because God is awareness. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. this opens up religion in such a bigger way. It's not about a clan or a tribe or a group or a system of beliefs. If there are other planets, which undoubtedly there are with other species of, of human-like things, that is also God. Like wherever it is, there is consciousness. And that is what Ram does help me see and call God, mm. which is really, really exciting. Eckhart Tolle says that. He says, uh, the opposite of death is birth. Life has no opposite. Uh, there's that idea that like you, there can't be any, there can't be nothing because there would have to be something there to see that it was nothing. And if something was there to see that it was nothing, then God is there. That helps you appreciate songs like um, "Stand by Me." You know that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even if the the t- mountains should tumble and fall. I won't be afraid as long as you stand by me. If you think of that song as like, no matter what happens to you, God, consciousness is closer than close. It's looking at your eyes. It can't betray you. You can be in hell. You can be in heaven. You could be on death's door. It's If you are feeling betrayed, you can't be betrayed because the feeling that is noticing the betrayal is infinite, eternal, loving presence itself. Yeah, I don't know if I ever told you this particular story which relates exactly to what you're talking about i was once uh, one of my favorite uh, teachers is uh, dilgo kensi rinpoche a great great tibetan lama i must have mentioned him to you before i have to believe i did and if i didn't i'm going to send you a couple of uh, titles for you to get he, okay. he's extraordinary but he's like take no prisoners you know he's one of those no fucking around you know what are you going to do he's like you're going to waste your life getting attached. You're going to waste your life just believing that, you know, there's something you're carrying forward when you leave. Mm. And, in, and, and the reality is that after a few weeks, people are not going to be thinking about, him, about you, whoever it is, whatever the attachment. Uh, you know, get with it now, buddy. It was, you know, of course, mm. nothing like that, but it was very, very. So I, I happened to be, that. I happened to be speaking to Krishnadas. I said, and he, and he said, oh, and and the other thing was a little bit scary. He's saying, when you go into those bardos, it ain't all pretty, okay? It 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 ain't all about finding your soul pot. He didn't say that, but you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, you, you yeah. know, there are some, you know, the, whatever your attachments may still be. They manifest and, you know, scary stuff can happen. So you better really work on this now. So I told this to Krishnas and he said, well, I will say uh, that we, we have a little bit of an advantage. Now this was just, you know, this, if I don't know if I'd ever put this out or whatever, but cause it's, uh, it's too weird, but he did say uh, the, let's put it this way. The grace that we have had, 
with a being like this extends to the fact he actually said, I will never let go of your hand. And so uh, it's just a matter of working on guru yoga, where you put the image of Buddha or your guru or Christ, whatever, it's all the same, doesn't matter. And as you are going out into the initial bardo, that is emerging of that uh, with the image of it through your, it's a practice, a Tibetan practice. Right, right. And, and, he's, and, and in our case, hold on for dear life to that blanket. <laughs> ah! Yeah. And remember, I will out. never let you go. In, in relation to this it, yeah. crazy thing, you know, with yeah. uh, Bill Gokensen. If, if you're afraid, the thing that's experiencing fear is the presence of, of divine life and light, like we just said. You know what I'm saying? You're you getting lost in it is is the problem but remembering that it's it's pretty trippy it's pretty trippy yeah, yeah really so um do you have a first remembrance of you know i, I you've heard my story a million times of meeting ramdas the first time and how i was completely embraced by him just in the way you exactly described in that experience being in his house and you just sat down you were just in it right yeah it's, it's yeah, no unmistakable. Yeah. Unmistakable. And so, but do you remember the first uh, encounter that might not have been physical, but you, you heard a talk or something about what, what, what just sort of, you know, did that thing? I mean, first of all, I did, I do want to say that that is when Ramdas passed, I was, I was, there were a lot of feelings, um, a lot of it was relief and joy that we even had around us and that we knew around us and that we got to learn from him and share satsang with him. Then selfishly, I was like, it's that honey, honey avalanche feeling that selfishly I was like, oh man, I, I sort of lost my hookup. I can hear Ramdas saying, come on, man, I told you there is no hookup. Like that's the whole thing. Like that being said, Come on, Ramdas. You know you were my hookup to a certain extent. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. I could well, human, him. human. We are human. Yes, and he helped, and he opened that door. And I think that's uh, some of his caregivers told me that was a big reason why he stuck around and why he wanted to stick around wasn't to like, you know, eat another ice cream sandwich. It was so that he could keep the door open for Maharaji. Um, my first experience was. And I told I told him this actually uh, that I read "Be Here Now." I think I think I did mushrooms for the first time. I was the same age as Ramdas, which I I, <laughs> I love all the similarities. They mean something to me, whether or not mm. they mean anything to anyone else. Mm. But we're both Aries. We're both from uh, Boston. We're both achievers. Um, I've heard people say that Ramdas is an enthusiast. I I'm not sure. I I tend to think that he was an achieving enthusiast, um, meaning he had that upward mobility, as he always said. He wanted uh, to be the Harvard professor. He wanted to be the good boy. And I definitely had all of that. Um, and then when I was 31 and he was 31, we took mushrooms. So then I, I couldn't stop talking about it with everybody. I'm a kind of a proselytizer in that way. I, 
I'll discover a, a movie and I'll tell somebody about it. And they're like, I've seen that. I'm like, well, why didn't you tell me about it? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. You, you yeah. knew that. So you can imagine I'm when right I took there mushrooms. with you, man. I mean, that's one thing we really have in common. I, well, then you understand my, my frustration. It's a playful frustration, but like I started telling people what happened to me on mushrooms and I didn't take a huge dose or anything. I took the perfect dose for my first time. And I had what I didn't realize until later, I didn't call it a God experience at the time, but I had like a unitive consciousness. I'm in the tree, I'm that bird, I'm everything. No fear, no anxiety, all love. Um, but not just words, a profound in the marrow of my bones felt at home in the universe for the very first time and felt it springing from inside of me. So I started telling everybody about it. And surprisingly, most people that I told, they were like, yeah, I, I've done mushrooms when I was in college, or I did it there, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I can't believe you weren't talking about it. So I flapped my gums enough that I think it was actually an agent, uh, like a, a, a showbiz agent that was like, have you read Be Here Now? Uh -huh. And he sent it to me as a PDF as a joke, because the joke was, it's like a mushroom trip book. It's like a book that if you read it, it's like a mushroom trip, but it wasn't sent to me like this guy will blow your mind. It wasn't sent mean spirited, but it wasn't sent. It was like, check out this craziness, like a yeah, weird yeah. gag. And I looked at it and, and I eventually bought it. And um, I told Ramdas this, I was like, it, it was a coaster. I, I just put drinks on it. I, I thought it was, I didn't understand what, it, what he was talking coaster. about. <laughs> it was a coaster. And, and what I loved about, RD was, he thought that was really funny. Like I, I never felt like I had to put on airs with him mm. and be like, oh, oh, be here now. I was like, yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't understand it. I thought it was so confusing because I didn't have his voice in my head. Uh, be here now is transcribed. You can actually get some of the lectures, the actual lectures that became the book uh, on iTunes and stuff. But once you have his cadence and his attitude and his, transmission is frequency in your head then you can read it but i always tell people do not start with be here now i did it did nothing for me then um later i did duncan's podcast and duncan had a, a photo of maharaji that he had some bananas in front of uh, as a offering that i thought was so weird and obviously duncan is just like a <laughs> he's sort of like a mad hatter kind of character um, in that way that I like Ramdas sort of can threaten my squareness. Duncan also uh, would threaten my squareness. So he's telling me about this guy, but he's also telling me like, I think this might be for you because I had Christ leanings and I had a, a, a now I had this new psychedelic leaning. So I downloaded Experiments in Truth, which is a collection of talks. And I think I was on a delayed flight or a long flight. I fly or, you know, before this, I used to fly a lot. And I think just out of sheer boredom, like no Wi-Fi on the plane, no movies on the plane. I'm just in a, you know, a middle seat towards the back. I just throw on uh, Experiments in Truth, track one. That's what I tell people to start with. I, shout out to Sounds True. And uh, you're a great curator of RD as well. And maybe you helped with this. But they start with the most sort of basic, if you like this, you're going to like pretty much everything I do. And he does the, the, the dial on the side of the head. 
but he also explains attractions and aversions. And I started writing down on like a, either, it wasn't a barf bag, but it was something that was in the seat back. I'm just writing down. And then I realized it would have been easier to, to write down what I didn't think was important because I was writing everything down. Like I would pause it and then <laughs> no, rewind no. it. And I realized I was just transcribing it. I was in transcribing the entire yeah. lectures. But, he, you know, I had never heard someone say that when you, when you are adverse to something, you're also giving it energy. You're letting it get you by, by pushing it away. That you need to find ways to separate from your mind to like to go into what the Christians would call your true self, your, your soul. The same thing Ramdas would say, you need to get into the witness. And I, I, that, that just lit the fuse. It was over for me, meaning I was hooked. I, I was like, I'm, I'm in. I'm totally in. I never thought I would be in. I sent it as I do, as I proselytize, I sent it to everybody. I realized that not everybody was there. Like something some Rubik's cube inside me was ready for the message. I think it's just like anybody that hears Ramdas will be turned on. It wasn't that. It was the psychedelics. It was my divorce. It was the suffering. It was the heart opening. It was all it was my age. It was it was it was time. And and the soil was right and the seeds went in and I was like, this is my dude. And then Duncan uh told me about the retreats and I went to a retreat and I and I met uh Ramdas for the first time. And this is in my book. Um, but I told him the compliment that I saved for him was I said, Ramdas, you're my favorite comedian. Because I thought that would I thought that would mean something to him. But in the book, I sort of talk about that like sort of in a not sort of in a beautiful way that didn't really matter. It didn't matter what what shiny compliment I had saved for him, or that I would put quotes of his in my TV show. There was no you know, it, he could smell my my specialness addiction a mile away. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I put you in my TV show. And he's like, he just loved me for absolutely no rational reason. He loved me because he was looking through this meat puppet and seeing mm. the, the inner light and just going, oh, where have you been my whole life? I'm finally running into this one again. Mm. It was really lovely. Mm, mm, mm. I mean, it's really no different than Ramdas sitting in front of Maharaji, uh, just first of all, blown away that Maharaji knew about his mother dying of spleen cancer and all that. And then realizing, oh shit, he knows all my thoughts, you know, oh my God, I'm the worst thing that ever lived. And then looking up, it, it's all okay. It's all okay. You know, I could, you're, the somebody that you are displaying is okay. That's a yeah. huge ass thing. And that, that's what and I that do. The somebody you're displaying, you know, whatever is okay. You know, it's that's not right. okay. You better cut that shit out, man, because uh, you're just, right. you know. Right. Well, huge... that's what I would get in church. Uh, people would say, how can you be a comedian and a Christian? That was something that people would just say casually to me. And I was just like, are you so lost in my exterior? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. is that really what we're doing? We just, you just see a tall Christian man. Like, don't we see a deeper reality and a bigger dance and a bigger game here? I, I uh, what you just said made me think, I believe 
me personally, I believe in Ramdas's stories literally. I, I think they're supposed to be taken literally. If you look at them as a metaphor, the only reason to do that is to give yourself personal meaning. The way that Ramdas felt with with Maharaji um, is hard to explain unless there is some bells and whistles that we can understand. Uh, it, it helps the transmission to say he read my mind. He did this. He he would by locate all of those miracles are so much they're sort of like star wars level miracles they're fun miracles but and i think rd would say the real miracle is what we're what we're saying is that that honey avalanche the problem is it's not it's not that great of a story for me to be like you'd be with him and you would just feel yeah, calm yeah, and yeah. one people are like get out of here what is this the the yeah. o network get out of my face so you need to like hook people. LSD does the same thing. It's like grab somebody by the collar a little bit so you can really, any means necessary, let's get into their heart. And I think Maharaji's grace gave him some really great stories because he needed to, he needed to spin some yarns. I don't mean untrue things. I mean, he needed, he needed attention getters to get to the real point. Yeah. I mean, for me, when that story of the mother's spleen, which wasn't mind reading because Ramdas was not thinking about that. It happened to him two days earlier and right. he got there and all he was thinking about, holy shit, they're going to rip me off for this bus, the, the, or, or the Jeep. They're going to rip yeah. that Jeep off and it's not mine. What am I, you know, he was KK Shah, his Indian brother, who I, I, I think you may have met one time. I'm not sure, but uh, I never met KK. You never, no. oh, oh man. Anyhow, he used to say, and KK would never say a, a dark thing about anybody. And when I, I went to, when we were alone, I said, what was Ramdas really like? Like when he got sent home to your house after that first meeting with Neem Karoli Bob, he said, very haughty, very haughty. Haughty? <laughs> haughty. Hot, not H-O-T-T-I, H-A-U-G-H-T-Y. Hockey. Very haughty. Yeah, arrogant. Oh arrogant. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love so, that. And then so it man. all got played out. And the way it got played out was spectacular for us Westerners, that, that it was played out that way, that he could play out his life, Ramdas, with such honesty. You know, mm -hmm. it was just, uh, <laughs> Jesus. By the way, um, I think I was just saying, I, I actually, what happened that there's a talk, we've been putting out stuff around the pandemic, right? Whatever we can do. Uh, Ramdas has so much stuff that's so dead on, you know, that can help people. And one of this particular one was around chaos. And, uh, and, uh, so I did a thing last night with somebody with the, uh, Ramdas fellowship, you know, a bunch of 150 people or something online. And uh, so I'm listening to this. I really didn't hear it before. Somebody else picked the thing and I'm like, you know, I'm too busy. I can't listen. To it. And, but now I had to, I'm sitting there listening to it. And then I started doing, because it reminds me, it reminded me when you went on the plane with experiments and truth and start, I think I'll write down things that are interesting to me. <laughs> you end up transcribing. Yeah. I'm sitting yeah. there listening to this thing. I have a whole, I have page of notes. Like at this state, like, you know, and some of it was, um, actually it was a little tough for me to be honest. Uh, yeah. 
just, you know, it's not like when I'm with people and, and we're listening to something or watching something of his, you know, and, and uh, here's one thing he said, not being awakened is a real addiction. I mm. love that. I was like, wow. And then wow. I thought I had the impulse. Okay. I got to call him. <laughs> I'd call him mm. and I'd go, Ram Dass, you know, you said this a long time ago and it's so great. And he would laugh and, mm. you know, we'd have a big laugh of it about, you know, old Ram Dass and now Ram Dass and, mm. you know, and he loved the fact that, you know, he could see the pithy things that he came up with that out of the blue that were just encapsulated it all in one moment, you know? Yeah. But it was, a, I love that. And that is very sad. I'm sorry for that loss. Yeah, very sweet though. Yeah. It's not, uh, that other, you know how he used to say a human can be on more than one plane of consciousness at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's happening. I, you know, I'm, I mean, you know me, I'm not very woohoo-y to say that Ram Dass is with me or every, you know, but I am constantly thinking about him. You know, I'm constantly thinking when I, I get this barrage of mail that now I have to answer, so to speak, you know, with people mm. with problems and every, whatever I can do, I do, but I'm running it through his brain. Mm. I mean, through mm. his mind, you know, and I can see myself going, well, that's a stupid ass question get that delete and then i go to the hit that can't do it it's like it's like yeah. peter sellers in and how i learned to love the bomb you know where he's <laughs> i can't oh do it oh my god <laughs> that's hilarious yeah no i i because he and i i do consider us like earth body friends uh we weren't close in the way that you were by any means so when he um left the body, he sort of, for people like me, the feeling was he became more, to use a nutrition term, he became more bioavailable to me. Mm-hmm. So there's photos of Ramdas. There's, I mean, I'm looking at one right now, all over the house. And whenever I'm putting Leela down, that is, that is just when I feel like he shows up. But that's a very deeply spiritual time for me to, to hold a baby in a dark, quiet room. Mm. And sometimes we chant and that, that's just like the, the intensity of that sort of increased. Who cares if that checks out by whatever metric we want to run it through my experiences that like when he was liberated, I felt like I've said this before, but that the, the sugar was stirred into the tea and it just dissolved and went everywhere. And when I'm in the room, you know how a dark room sort of looks like sugar in tea. You can see the, the specks. I'm like, we say, I love you, Baba. Like, I'll have Leela. There's a photo of he and I. And I go, who's that? And she goes, Dada. And I go, who's that? And she goes, Baba. <laughs> and I go, can you say love you? And we say it to Maharaji and all these things. I don't know why I, I feel uh, like saying this, I'm not necessarily inducting Leela into this. It's not like something that I'm going to keep track of and be like, well, make sure you, you know, say you're Maharaji. I love you. When she's 13, she can, she's as free as she, as she is. Um, but uh, for now, there's very sweet, mm. infinite 
co-parent love and I feel RD in that in a big way. And there's a photo of him touching her when she was four weeks old, I think, oh. maybe six, four or six weeks old. We brought oh. her to Maui. She actually got a cold. We were sort of like bad parents. <laughs> but I mean, she got to sit with Ram Dass and and he put her hand on him on her and Dasi was like, bless her, bless her, Ramdas. And Ramdas said, she's blessing me, which mm. I just thought was such a beautiful thing. Mm. There was mm. Such a lovely man. Yeah. Uh, what a great moment. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the, uh, just this, this thing, maybe just to, just to hear from, yeah, reaction to some of these things that he was talking. I mean, it's just mind blowing from this talk, which was from God knows when, you know, 25 years ago or 30, who knows, that was so apropos to what's going on now. Um, he said, he said, people with even the tiniest bit of equanimity, they're going to help coalesce everyone else who is in any way lost. And they're going to create a safe comfort zone, mm. right? And look what we're in right now. I thought that was so apropos. Um, I was, I was on the, uh, talking to Duncan the other day and just said, I go for a walk. And uh, people, not a lot of people because of where I am, but people come by and they're all directly doing eye contact. Hi. And it's a, it's a hi with, hey, wow, we're all in this. It's a common, connected, deep uh, wisdom of what's going on in so many ways that doesn't, even, doesn't need much dialogue. Right. And that is, uh, I think, and Ramdas talking about it, even with the tiniest bit of equanimity. So the more that we actually can express that just in that look, which, and by the way, just talking, going back to this thing with Ramdas, um, like you say to me, well, you spent all that time with him and you were close to him. I wasn't any closer to him than you were. When we're talking about that moment, to me, the most expressive part of what he's given to everybody is the way that he was totally in the moment. Like, I love your story of just coming in, say, oh, I had an hour, let's, you know, and he pops downstairs and nothing happens. Just that mm. moment, you know, what did he say? Mm. Just this, just this. He was just going, just this, just yeah. this, just, just this. Just this is what it's all about. And I that know. just this... It crosses all boundaries of people that knew him a long time, people that only met him five minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that, that's later Ramdas to me. I, I know he had both, but because of the stroke, he, he, what he lost in his brilliant, the thing that hooked me was his brilliance and his show busy, and I say that as a compliment, yeah. his comedian-like ability to hold an audience and, and speak and improvise and be wonderful, then just became a man who could transmit it with two words. I mean, that is, it's kind of as good as it gets. He, yeah. he got to ride it both ways. He got mm. to be the amazing mouthpiece for something so special. And then later he got to be the, the body piece, if that makes sense. He got to just mm. be a lump of it. 
Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I lump of it. <laughs> I don't, I don't mean that because he couldn't move. I just mean he no, was so I know. dense. Yeah. He was yeah. dense, dense yeah. and heavy, yeah. like amber. He was like a, a dollop yeah. of amber. Yeah. Really, yeah. really special. Yeah. And, you know, but one thing with you though is not to get too personal, but from when we first met, when you first came over to the retreat in Maui, which is, I don't know, four or five years ago, I guess. Yeah, something um, like that. Uh, see, you were a lot of fun then. <laughs> then you turned out to be not so fun anymore. You liked all of us. Okay. Yeah. Well, you mean like a wild card? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know <laughs> what you mean. There, it wasn't easy for anybody that this is helpful to. There's a lot of um, resistance. Um, to this sort of thing, you can get afraid that you're just trading one set of beliefs for the same set of beliefs with a different vocabulary. Um, I, I make the joke in my book that Val made the joke that it's like um, we had Jesus, now we have Maharaji, and she jokingly called him Maharajesus. <laughs> and I, and you know, and then you had Saint Paul. And now you have Ramdas, you know what I mean? You had the brilliant minds that articulated the messages of these, although Paul never met Jesus, but you know what I mean? You have the apostle that went out and, and built the church and all that sort of stuff. And then instead of singing sort of contemporary Christian songs, now we're singing Kirtan. And then, so at the beginning, there's this, it really does feel like putting yourself in a furnace. It's a good furnace, but there's like a melting and a refining thing. And there's a lot of fear and there's a, uh, and there's pain. I always think of Zach Leary. He sat with me on the beach and, and he really made me feel normal for why should you be having doubts? If all you're doing is hanging out with a bunch of hippies in chunky neck necklaces and wearing Crocs, shouldn't you just be like, this is lovely. But you're like, are, are we all mad? Like is another, another Croc going to drop? Is there's something that I have to buy or, you know, are you going to give me some weird creation myth that I have to, swear by or I won't be in the group and then you you realize that it really is as simple as being being love and working on your the quality of your spacious open consciousness mm -hmm. and experiencing infinity right now just this just this just this is such a profound message it's kind of the message in the whole thing because what is this i took uh, some lsd recently and I was like, I said to God or whatever to this, I said, is there anything you need to tell me? And it went this, meaning your life is, I have a quote above my desk. It says, God comes to us disguised as our lives. Paula D'Arcy said that. Uh. What it, and, and Rhonda says, the next message is whatever is in the moment. This is the message. We see it as, a, as an office or a CVS or a restaurant or whatever it might be. But it's actually, you're, you're mistaking the message for a location or a person or a situation. This is, that was the excitement of learning what karma yoga was and learning to use. One of the things Ramdas said to me was, he's, he goes, I love my anger. And I laughed at that. But he had that appreciation for every aspect of himself. And he saw everything that was as the unfolding of whatever was needed to happen for his mm. awakening. Okay. 
And that's the complete opposite that I came from, which was willpower Christianity, which is Richard Rohr calls it. It's just like, don't think of a pink elephant. And then in floats Ramdas going like, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) So we could call uh, this entry into this book the just this. Yeah. Actually, I I think that's a better title. The working title for the thing now is Remarkable Encounters with Ramdas. It's too grandiose, this Remarkable Encounter. I don't, I'm not liking it as I talk to you now. Just this is is kind of poetic and great, but at least this chapter will be just this. I like that. I will say that uh, Richard Rohr, who I love very deeply, who also said something that made me think of what you said about Ramdas saying, um, it's a, it's not being awake is a big addiction. Uh, it reminded me of Richard Rohr said, I just heard him say it today. He goes, religion is a great place to hide from God. And I was like, <laughs> that yeah. gives me the chills. Cause as yeah. long as you go to the service, you can stay an egomaniac, racist, whatever, because yep. you're just using yep. it as leverage to be right. Yeah. But uh, R- Richard Rohr has a book called just this. I, I actually oh, read yeah? it every morning. <laughs> yeah. But it's a good oh. chapter name. I'm glad that we're telling that story. Cause I was going to tell you the one of when I went on my private retreat, but the story where, where he, he, cause what really blew me away was on those private retreats on the third day, that was when he sort of, I don't know how he did this, but he threw it into third gear and it was always on the third day that he'd be like, Maharaji is here, but he didn't even have to say it because you felt it. But in the, just this story, he did that in 10 seconds. It was, Mm. it was, it was a whole three-day retreat in 10 seconds. It was really remarkable. Mm. And then I, I tell so many people the not-me story that he wasn't afraid because I, I fully believed him in that moment that he was like, I, I mean this. Like, I'm not afraid. Not I know you're, you're afraid that I'm going to die. I am not afraid. Mm. Really so uh, you were going to, I know, and I've heard you tell this, and I think it's in the book, that your uh, experience on the private retreat, maybe yeah. just recount it a little, so because it would be sure. good probably. Um, well, the real finale of it, there's a lot of it, and you're, you don't need my permission. By the way, I'm so sorry, I forgot to thank you in the special thanks of my book. I think I've Oh my God, you that. did? I, oh, <laughs> uh, I think the editor was like, who do you want to thank? And it was like a fast thing. And I really regret that I didn't thank you because you were so great with those quotes. Um, but that being said, if you want to use any part of my book, it's the last chapter. Uh, you have my permission. But because there's a lot of different parts to it. But the best part was the first time I sat with him, we mostly my attitude was I've listened to Ramda speak so much. Um, I could ask him about free will. I could ask him about, you know, karma. I could ask him about whatever, but there's so much content. I was like, I almost had this, it was almost like polity. I didn't want to bother him and make him like remember some lesson or some quote. And I just wanted to sit with him. I just wanted to hang out. And uh, the second time I sat with him, we would chant and it was very beautiful and it was very, 
almost paternal. It was like, it was like just hanging out with a baby and I was the baby or we were babies. I don't know, but I, we would sit and we would gaze and I have um, Jeremy Hoffield's painting of RD right over here. And that was the Ram Dass that I was looking at was with the blanket behind him. And we would stare and just, you know, connect. He would, you know, it's a soul to soul, as I know he, he did with other people. But that was the, that was the game we were playing. We were like, can we look past the Peteness and the Ramdasness and just look at each other as light looking into light and just get lost in that? And I was like, absolutely. As somebody who makes his living trotting out my false self, my ego, and presenting it to people for their delight. I think that's a positive thing to do with an ego. But I get so much time with my ego. I was really ready to just have somebody look at me just as living spirit. And I felt so safe to do it with him. And it was completely unexpected and nothing like this had ever happened before. But his face changed in real time. Like I kept having to sort of shake my head like, a, like Daffy Duck in a cartoon. I, I would literally shake my head because I didn't know what was happening. I, I couldn't trust my eyes. I think it's important to note that I wasn't on drugs. I'd like to say I hadn't done drugs in a long time leading up to this. It wasn't some sort of flashback. It was a, my mind shut off. The part of my brain that prioritizes and constructs reality, the same thing happened on a hallucinogen, but that happened in the stillness that we created together. And I saw childhood Ramdas. I saw um, kind of the classic hippie Ramdas. And then I saw old Ramdas and I saw dead Ramdas. I saw some scary Ramdases. I saw corpse Ramdas. I saw deformed Ramdas. I saw, I saw it all. I saw from baby to corpse. It was, it was all happening on his face. But what really really blew my mind was that he Ramdas does not look like my dad <laughs> I'd like to point out um and he became my dad like which is I, I think I say in the book struck me by how much he looked like my dad and I was also struck by the psychological obviousness of the hallucination I was like my spiritual father looking like my actual father like you ever get that feeling that as psychological beings, we're so obvious and we're so exposed, it's almost embarrassing. This story is a little bit like that. I was like, what did my psyche want and need in that moment? I, I had all of this love for him and it literally manifested him in a, in a blood way, um, mm. which was very, very trippy. And if you'll forgive me, Raghu, I'll tell you this one too. The last time I saw him, I, I think I told you this. I, he loves sweets so much and I loved him and I love him so much that I would, the first day I went, they were having um, cookies and I said, can I bring Ramdas like the other half of this cookie or half a cookie? And Matthew was like, oh my God, he'd love you. He'd love it. And I went up just to say hello, not a formal sit down, but just to say, hey, I'm here. 
I gave him the cookie and he ate it like he eats a cookie, like Ron Bass eating a cookie. He's closing his eyes and he's just becoming the cookie and he's, <laughs> and he's really enjoying it. And again, I'm an achiever and I'm a performer and I'm a special, uh, a specialness junkie and a bit of a power junkie. Not as bad as every, everyone else in Los Angeles, but pretty bad. So of course I go like, well, my great teacher Ramdas loves sweets. I'm going to bring him another sweet. So on the last day, I bring him uh, an ice cream sandwich. Govinda had to go to the grocery store, and he brought me with him. And uh, I, I saw these little ice cream sandwiches, and I was like, that's perfect for Ramdas. And uh, they were very small. To give you an idea, I think there were 10 in the box. I ate nine, <laughs> and I brought him one. <laughs> and I put on a little plate. And I kept going back and forth in my head. I was like, am I, is this another ego trip? Am I just doing what I do, what Pete does and trying to be special and trying to impress him and trying to, oh, look how good I am. I brought you an ice cream sandwich. And at the last second, I, I was like, fuck it, get over it. Bring an old man an ice cream sandwich. You know what I mean? Just let it be a gift. It, it doesn't have to be this whole thing. I love you. You love sweets. I got you an ice cream sandwich. Let's not overthink this. If you don't want it, who cares? If it's bad for your health, I understand. I'll eat it. I'll have 10 out of 10. I don't care. <laughs> so I put on a little plate. I bring it to him. And he looks at me just a little bit sideways. And he goes, where did you get this? And I go, I got it at the grocery store. Go Vinda had to go to the grocery store. And he starts eating it. Just a little bit suspicious. I can tell something's a little bit off. And he's eating it and he's, um, um, he's enjoying it. And he finished, he, no, he's not even finished. I think he does finish it. He finishes it and he says to me, he goes, my friends are digging my grave for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, <laughs> I laugh uncomfortably. And I go, I can't help it. I love you. I can't help it. And he points at me like, ah, bingo. I can't help it. Like, like you said more than you realize you said, like you mm. can't help it. Like you are stuck in this pattern of peepness and you're just acting that out and that's okay. And I forgive you, but you know, I'm also an old man and I shouldn't be eating ice cream. So he eats it. That was the last the day. We had a wonderful sit after that. That was the time that honey avalanche times a million Maharaji was in the room. It was just, it was this, whoa, it was just that, whoa, 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 and just the best. So completely forgot about the ice cream. Nobody, come on, we're the satsang. We can get over an ice cream sandwich. But I do feel a little bit bad for giving an old man who's on all sorts of medication and treatments and stuff to stay alive. I give him all this cholesterol and sugar and all that stuff. So then the next day, I'm like, all right, no big deal. I'll just live with that. <laughs> Um, Matthew and no, no, Dossie is like, do you want to say goodbye? And I was like, yes, if I wasn't planning on it, but absolutely. And I had never seen him in his bed and forgive me if I told you the story before, but he was, he didn't have a shirt on, which was just so sweet and so vulnerable. I didn't have grandparents. I don't have the closest family. So I don't have this type of intimacy that's like, this, you know, I don't know if he's naked or, or just like a bare old man. And his body is dying at this point. And he's not 
ashamed. You, you, you know how we are. Oh, pull up the sheets and don't. But I walked in and he's exposed and Matthew is like helping him get out of the bed or get up in the morning. And I'm thinking he thinks I'm the schmuck that brought the ice cream sandwich. <laughs> and he looked at me like 10,000 sons. Like he looked at me with the most intense Ramdas love I've ever seen in my life. And I should say Maharaji love, Christ love, God's love. He j- and he lit up as if I was, for a regular person, holding a check for a billion dollars, like a publisher's clearinghouse oversized (laughs) check. He lit up like his favorite person in the world walked in. And I'd like to point out, this is not not for my sake. It it had nothing to do with me so, so much. It was just love. It was just love was bouncing around the room. Love was bouncing. If I had anything to do with it, it was just because it was being mirrored off of me and my love was shining back to him. And it was on Matthew and it was on Dossie. And the whole room was just lighting up like, like Tesla's power coils. And he just goes, brother, brother. And for what I can't tell you, for someone, I'm getting emotional, but somebody who doesn't really have that in my blood in my in the blood side of my family i have love don't get me wrong but it was so intense and we just held hands so vulnerable and we stared at each other in the eyes and just gazed for another minute or two and he just repeated brother and i said back to him i go brother 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 and there's a picture in our house that says brothers and I, I could lead you into, it's probably less interesting what I think that meant, but like, I feel like we, we, some parts of us vibrated together. Like there was a, a kinship there that was special. I, I, I always used to go up to him and say showbiz because I love to appreciate how even the spiritual game has performance elements to it. Like he's mm-hmm. got to eat lunch in the mess hall and say hello to the, to the fans. It's basically, you know, it's a, we call that a meet and greet. You're, like, you're yeah. doing a meet and greet. <laughs> so I kind of like to tease him about that. And I think he saw some of my specialness addiction, some of my achiever addiction, and, 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 but he looked past it, but also included it and loved both my true self and the Pete, the whole the whole kit and caboodle. And boy, it's just up there with one of the greatest things in my life. I I was going to frame the photo, but Val was like, he's so close to death that you couldn't, like in a a regular house, she's like, you can. But everyone will think it's very weird that you have a photo of a dying man. It looks like a picture of like the streets of India. You know what I mean? Mm. It's it's Mm. not like, but when I look at it, it might as well be a picture of my daughter. It's it's like looking at pure, true love. I don't see the aging spots. That's the grace. That's his grace. I, For a living, I see aging spots. For a living, <laughs> I see fat, skinny, tall, yeah, yeah, black, yeah. white, male, yeah. female. And in that, I, it was just a light and another light and the other lights in the room, just mm. a complete whiteout. And that was the great gift. And that was basically the last time I saw him, mm-hmm. except at the Mala ceremony, where I blew him a kiss, which I had never done before. But it was very bon voyage. I, I, 
it was not intellectual. I'm, I'm not saying I had any, we, we've all been planning for his death for a long time, but it was the last thing I did to him was just blew him a kiss. Mm. And I was like, I don't regret the ice cream sandwich. I hope he enjoyed it. <laughs> By the way, uh, you never told me that story, brother, mm. the, the, being in the room before. And I'll tell you, I mean, given the years that I've known him, I never, I have never, I swear to you, now it, it's just my own experience, ever heard him call anyone brother. Ever. Really? Ever. <laughs> no. Wow. So that whatever just was going on there uh, is it's between you and special. him. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's odd <laughs> when you said it. Yeah. Like, huh? Brother? He, you know, that's something like, you know, no. Absolutely. Wow. Well, I mean, it it means so much to me, and I'm I'm happy to know that because it is this special mm. little love story that is that I just keep right in my heart. So mm. that detail just makes it even even sweeter and more special. Mm. But boy, yeah, the, 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 there's the picture of my first visit, and and Val wrote underneath it, brothers, and that's the one that Leela points at every morning. Mm. I, it, it's crazy. Lama, Lama Suryadas was like, I think Ramdas is your guru. And I got really hung up on that for a long time, whether or not he was my guru. And I asked him if he was, and he said, no, of course. He was like, that, that's not me. That's not me. But, you know, that be that as it may, the relationship that I have with him and Maharaji is one. You, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a non-dual fellow to begin with. But like Maharaji and Ramdas have sort of been swirled into a special. I, I still see them as as their own unique things, but there's also a part of me that's like, what's the difference? Like, if I experience Ramdas as my heart opening, soul enlightening guy, I used to say, oh, he's my Upa guru, and Maharaji's my guru. <laughs> now I'm just like, there is a guru. I don't need to name it. I don't need to compart compart. Uh, Compartmentalize it. Compartment. Compartment. <laughs> comportment. You know what I'm saying. You need comportment. No. Comportment. <laughs> it's not comportment. How compartmentalize. I compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. Yeah. I don't have to get the right language to it. There. Here's what we know. There is love. There is grace. And this is on my birthday was when I took the LSE, and I was I kept saying to myself I was in the bathtub and I kept going. It's so much truer than we know. It's so much mm -hmm. truer yeah. than we know. It's so much truer than we know. So mm -hmm. who cares what we call it? It's so much truer than would ever be able to put words. To. Yeah. I mean, uh, when I was talking to Lama the other day, um, and uh, he came up with something that even he was like, wow, that's great. And it mm -hmm. was, we were talking about nothing. And he was talking about, yeah, all the DOSs, you know, we're all DOSs. And so you keep, you know, you keep going down the DOS thing and then you get down there and, and there's nothing but Maharaji. Yeah. All the, you know, you go boom, 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 DOS, DOS, yeah. DOS, DOS. I love that. You, about that. you know, this is maybe one of my proudest things, uh, or, or just something that I really love is, um, Lama Suryadas calls me Ram Das Das. <laughs> <laughs> He's Which I'm like, yeah. I was like, that makes me happy. I'll happily be Ram Das Das. Yeah, and I I do say to, I use this thing because I'm from Quebec, right? From Montreal, 
and the, I had French Canadian friends and they weren't perfect, perfectly uh, bilingual. So sometimes they couldn't find the right word in English to express what they were trying to say. So they would go, you know, that thing there, that thing there. And I'll go, oh yeah, that thing there. So for me, there's only one that thing there, you know. Yeah, there, and, yeah. and when we talk, and, and just for anybody who one day may hear this, uh, you know, if I... I'm I'm hard up and I need to put out podcasts. So, you know, I can do that. I do. I want to make it clear. And I do this all the time. This is not about, although Neem Karoli Baba obviously has gone beyond what many of us think of as saint and so on and so forth into the non-dual you're a non-dual fan that's all that thing was that thing there was non-dual there was no self-referential anything it was and but that that thing there is ever present and manifests through all sorts of different things in any moment that acid sitting in the bathtub you know, on that acid trip, sitting in with Ramdas in that moment, me, the first moment I met him, and you know, we could go on and on and on on the air for yeah. you on the airplane with experiments and truth. There is only one that thing there. Here's my yeah. favorite picture of that of that thing. I'll show you. No, it's bl- it's blotting out. Oh, you know, it's that thing. Oh, hold it in front of you. Hold no, it in front of yourself gonna like that. Rid- I'm going to get rid of this god darn mountain here. <laughs> and uh, you'll see. Hang on. Get rid of it. Okay. Oh, I love that. And he's saying one. Yeah. There's only one. He's either, it's, there's, there's only one or watch the fuck out, asshole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ramdas, would you? We never know. <laughs> Ramdas would do that to me too. He was talking about how he's so special. He was joking. He was like, I was like, how are you? He's like, I'm great. He goes, everybody loves me. <laughs> he was sort of saying it tongue in cheek. And then I go, okay, so it's okay to be special? Like, like, cause that's what I do. I try to yeah. get people to love me. And he goes, just like Maharaji. Yeah, yeah. I also, with non-duality and Maharaji, that would be confusing to me. But I would have some conversations with RD about, say, Eckhart Tolle, who I really love. I think I, I might, I, I don't know about other people in the satsang, but I really love Eckhart Tolle. And Ramdas seemed to believe that what's missing from Eckhart's approach, potentially, if I'm understanding correctly, is that devotional aspect. I think uh, Eckhart would reply to that, that his devotion is to isness itself. But Ramdas's path was he wants to fall ooey, gooey, sticky, almost romantic love in with a person, with, with, a, with a thing. Richard Rohr says the same thing. He says, you can't be in love with an energy. That's why you need Christ. That's yeah. why you need Maharaji yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. That's just bhakti, I, just a different path. It's nothing to exactly. do with anything. And I'll tell you, let me tell you this one story and we'll go. Ramdas was supposed to do a, a, a talk with Eckhart. And so we invited him to lunch at Ramdas's house, at that house. And before he came, I'm just sitting there talking to Ramdas, and we're both thinking, you know, since Eckhart is kind of the, well, he's from Germany, you know, and he's, we thought, well, they're not the warmest kind of people, you know, and 
but everything he says and everything he writes, Ramdas really read one of his books. I think I can't remember which one. Not not the now book. Um, anyhow, yeah, that's it. The Good Earth. Um, so he comes, and we're like, no, you know, we were being cynical. I mean, actually, one of the very few times that Ramdas. Uh, only a few times could could he go there. <laughs> he wouldn't go there, you know. But he did in this case. It was like, you know, you know, Germanic, you know, a little cold, you know, everything you're right, intellectually. So anyhow, Eckhart comes in the house. And he's greeted by uh, Muid, uh, one of Ram Dass's caretakers. And uh, Usually, uh, you you have probably seen this a million times in your life as in, in the entertainment business. If somebody comes into the room that's a celebrity of some sort, they'll go to the biggest celebrity in the room and greet yeah. them. Everybody else is like, forget about it, right? Well, yeah. Eckhart encountered Muid, a caretaker. He was a hippie, you know, 20-odd-year-old kid. And hi, and he, and he embraced him with his energy. And he mm. did that all the way to Ramdas. Okay. And then Ramdas and I looked at each other and went, and then when he left, I went, Jesus Christ. Was I blamed him. You were so fucking cynical. Look at him. He's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed at me because I was probably I more of that. A, yeah. So I love that. That makes me yes. so happy. Yeah. So yeah, I a, think they're very, they're very similar except for that Bhakti element. Yeah. Right, but, yeah. but I think they're both non-dual. And when I would talk to Ramdas, and I, I, I know we're closing here, um, but the thing that I said to him, I was like, I don't get it, Ramdas. Is it all one? Or do I worship Maharaji? Or do I love Maharaji? And he goes, it's all one. And love Maharaji. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that's, that's extraordinarily uh, the core of what this legacy is. It's not even a legacy because a legacy sounds like something that ain't happening anymore. I don't know what, you know, that right, word right. bothers me. It's, it's happening, you know, every, every moment. But it is definitively because, you know, we can go on here for hours about this. But the reality that when we were there in India with this being, you know, he, he did things like, like Krishnas and I were sitting with him. Krishnas had a notebook, and in the notebook, he had—he's just written quote, writing quotes and stuff, and quotes from Christ, this, that, and the other, Buddhism, you know, Hinduism. But this particular one was Mahamudra, right? The non-dual thingy, okay. And Maharaji said to the translator, "He uh, translate that for me." So he started to translate it, and Maharaji went, "Bahotacha, very good, right." And then he turned the page and there was a big picture of, of Maharaji Krishnas had put it glued to the page. And he says to us, who's that? And we we're like, yeah, very funny. You want, you want, yeah, it's you. <laughs> he goes, nay, Buddha. Wow. Buddha, okay. And how do we all end up doing uh, Buddhist practices that Jack, Sharon, and Joseph brought back, you know, Vipassana, all of that, we ended up doing. He didn't tell us to do that. We just ended up somehow it happened, you know, yeah. and he never told us to meditate or anything. And then how do we end up with all the, with the Tibetans? Like many of us have taken teachings, you know, starting uh, obviously with Suri, Lama Surya. There is, and how are we doing all these retreats in Maui that have a contingent of Buddhist teachers as well as us, the Bhakti thingy? You know, and the way that they're blended together, uh, 
so that yes, absolutely, no self and bhakti, yeah. just yeah. like this, and right. that's that's to me real um, gyan. That that's what I mean by saying who cares what I call my guru as long as I'm feeling and experiencing and working with the guru. It's the ego that wants to label label yeah, it and yeah, claim just it anyway. Do that. Yeah, and claim yeah. it all. Yeah, I that thing it. there. That thing there. That thing there. Thank you.